Did you have a good week? I had a good week. I really did. And what's um, one of the things that, uh, as I was just sitting there, it's been a little bit of a surprise to me is how much I needed this this morning. Uh, and I had a good week, you know, but it's a, it's a good reminder um, for us to be able to be together. Well, Happy New Year. The third. So I hope you're all settled down and, and in place. I've seen many people uh, talking about how glad they are to leave 2020 behind. Um, I also saw this online. Does it feel, do you feel, do you feel troubled by the fact that the new year is literally, literally 2021? Um, you know, the, uh, the whole thought there. Now, I don't want to burst your bubble, um, but things really aren't much different today than they were on Thursday when it was 2020. Um, you know, it's, uh, I like the new year and all that stuff. The economy hasn't changed much. Uh, you know, unemployment remains relatively the same as it was then. Although I did see that some, uh, the Navajos or one of the Indian tribes laid off some of the casino workers. And, um, and I'm sorry people lost their job, but, uh, you know, your bank account, your bank account may be $600 higher than it was, you know, on Thursday. Uh, some people mentioned that they got, uh, the stimulus check there. Politics are as encouraging as ever, aren't they? I'm telling you, it's uh, um, now what can be different, and I hope what is different for us is how we go through life. In one regards, New Year's and New Year's Day is just another day, but in a, in another in another uh, perspective. It's nice to have those things that come along every once in a while and say, hey, here's an opportunity to make some changes. Here's an opportunity to, you know, do some things a little differently. It's always nice to have that because realistically, I mean, as you think about it, there are a few things you'd really like a do-over on, wouldn't you? I mean, there are some. Now, some we can't do over, but there are some we can. And there are some things we can, you know, that we can change. If I keep eating like I have over the holidays, yeah, that's got to change. Um, so I was looking at the, I don't know why they do this. Um, one of the things that my uh, daughter did for me is bought some um, M&Ms. Now it's a lie right on the front of the pack when it says shareable size. Because that, you know, it was only like this big. And then I read the back and uh, as I was eating it, eating one of the she bought me three bags of them and as i was eating one of the bags last night and i looked at the back just for kicks you know because i knew it wasn't going to change what i was doing anyway to see how many calories i was eating calories and the whole thing means very little to me i mean you know i'm 66 years old and um, I am just now catching on a little bit to, you know, calorie and calorie count and all that. And I'm not paying much attention to it, so, you know, there's probably not much hope for me. But at any rate, it said there were, uh, I should have looked at this better, um, three, what was it, 100 and, 100 and some, I don't know, 190 calories, I think it was, per serving. Well, there happened to be three servings in this thing, this bag. And while I have learned from, you know, Jenny telling me a couple of times when I've asked and things about calories, 
that um, that the three servings of 190 calories just probably wasn't a good idea to have as you know just a snack uh, in addition to all the other calories I ate during the day and um, but it didn't stop me I still ate the whole bag and 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 thoroughly enjoyed them you know so uh, we can do some things different if we pay attention and we make some of those choices now I want you to uh, take a minute and just answer the question in the top of the outline in your bulletin. You know, are you a happy person? Feel free to use these answers or, you know, make your own up. Um, you know, the, uh, you know are, are you a happy person? Just, just, answer, just answer that question on your bulletin there. If you didn't bring a pen, then... Make your New Year's resolution to bring one next week. <laughs> now realize this, is a, this question is different than are you happy? All right, that's not the question. The question isn't are you happy? That's not the question. Because are you happy connects with our feelings of the moment. Are you happy is very much affected by circumstance. That's not what this question is. This question isn't, are you happy at the moment here? This question is really, are you a happy person? You know, and being a happy person connects more with our overall foundation of life. You, know, you can still be a happy person in the midst of what we would say are unhappy circumstances. You know, you may not be happy for what it is that's going on at the moment, but you can still be a person who is a happy person, you know, and it, it, that, that makes quite a difference. It makes a huge difference. You know, whether or not you are one who is, who is reacting from the circumstances of the moment or whether you are reacting and your attitude is set by your overall foundation in life. You know, what, what's it? now you can strengthen or weaken your foundation, which means you can also strengthen or weaken your, possess, your position as a happy person. So, if, you know, if you don't think you're a happy person, you can do something about that. You can make some changes to bring about a foundation where even though some of the circumstances may stink, and some do, some cir- circumstances stink. You know, they do. I, I, you know, as, as I mentioned, you know, they're an offering, you know, that I, you know, I wasn't accepted in my father's house. You know, that's just, you know, he left our family. He didn't care about us. And, and that's the way life went. But you know what? I was talking to my sister, one of my sisters over the weekend, and just talk. I said, you know, I loved my childhood. I mean, I did. I, as an adult, I realize now some of the challenges and things that were there, but I still, I would tell you, I loved my childhood. I thought it was great. You know, I mean, it, it, it was good. I knew my mother loved me. There was no question about that. Never in my life did I question that. You know, I mean, it, that was always, you know, that was always, always there. You know, I, I had a good childhood, you know. Now, we can be, we can still, even in the midst of what might be some really stinky circumstances, we can still be a happy person because we're talking about a foundation and attitude that we're reacting from. Now, the Bible gives us some clear direction on how, you know, we can be a happy person. I almost don't like that phrase, but at the same time, I do. You know, because it's not simply on being happy for the moment. Uh, who doesn't want to be happy? I mean, we all want to be happy. 
Although we wonder sometimes about some people, don't we? You just don't want to be happy, do you? Uh, you know, it's a good way to be, a good foundation for living. Let's pray. We're going to get into some scriptures and look at this. Father, thank you for the way that you can transform lives and hearts. And you can give us a foundation that is worth living from, that is worth living uh, and, and having direct our lives. So help us now. Uh, we don't want to be those. We don't want to be those. Uh, we don't want to be negative people. We don't want to be people who uh, people look at and, and dread our, our approaching. We want them to see you in us. And we want them to know what a difference Christ makes, what a difference it makes to have a relationship with you. That we wouldn't be people who are just battered around by the circumstances, but that our foundation is solid, solid on you and solid uh, in, in our everyday living. So guide us from your word and your truth, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Turn to Psalm 32. We're going to be in Psalms, and we're going to be jumping back and forth. And while I don't always like that, uh, I'll tell you the verses will be up on the screen for you today. And they are listed in your bulletin as well. Uh, the, the, path, not, the, the passage isn't printed out, but the, the references are there for you. Uh, we're going to be just going around in Psalms today, several different passages as we go through. Next week, I'm planning on picking up where we left off in First John. So we are going to do that. And, uh, you know, uh, my thought is we're going to go, actually, I'm going to go finish First John, go through Second, Third John, and through Jude, too. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but today I just want to share with you some of what I studied as I was thinking about the new year, what I ended up doing in my study, really. I, I, was, I, was, going to, I was going to preach on Psalm 1, what the lady's just saying. Uh, that was what, what my sermon was going to be on. And when I talked to Pastor Kent, that's what the impression he was under until... After he set the service up, and I said, I'm not really doing that anymore. Um, but um, what happened is, as going on, you know, I, I ended up um, focusing on the reality of happiness here or being a happy person. Um, you know, and it has to take us beyond circumstances because circumstances are a lousy foundation for living. We live in, we live in our circumstances, but we don't have to live from our circumstances you know we're, we live in them you can't you know you, some of those you can't change but we don't have to live from them those circumstances don't have to be what gives us the direction in life now when i'm talking about being happy i'm talking about an attitude uh, rather than an emotion it's not the emotion you know you, you, emotions emotions are really lousy for your foundation in life because they're all over the place i mean they're all over the place you know from Sadness to anger to, you know, giddiness and, and you can do all that without being, I was going to say schizophrenic, that's probably not what it is, but, you know, without, you could, normal people are all over the place with their emotions, you know, and so what we're talking about here is an attitude, uh, you know, and that attitude that doesn't change as quickly as our emotions might. And, and, you know, attitudes, they influence us, they guide us. Sometimes, Sometimes they, our, our attitudes guide us in spite of our emotions, and we need that. We need that. You know, we need to be able to be guided by, by something besides the emotions that go on there. Okay, Psalm 32 is where we're, where we're looking at. Verse 1 it says, How joyful is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. How joyful is the man the Lord does not charge with sin, and in whose spirit is no deceit. So, okay, so essential to being a happy person is to have a relationship with God. 
Now, I think you all realize that, but this is really where we need to start. It's to have a relationship with God. This is huge. Because without this, you will struggle to have and maintain happiness. Without a relationship with God, you will struggle to have happiness and you will struggle to maintain happiness as an attitude, as an attitude for the basis for living. You know, you will struggle to maintain that and and people try all sorts of things. Now, the word translated joyful here, uh, it's the word that I studied, you know, that resulted in this sermon. It's the word that appears at the beginning of Psalm 1 where it says, in some translations it says happy, it says blessed. Uh, is is a man it's it's um in other words that's translated other words the hebrew word is translated into uh, are blessed or how blessed or happy fortunate all of those are translations of the same word uh, that began this study for me as i was looking at it and, and in all of those instances where that word appears it refers to an attitude or a state of being not to an emotional feeling. It doesn't refer to an emotional feeling. It refers to an attitude or a state of being. Now, you know, here, you know, the only way, the only foundation, the only, the thing you need to have, the essential element for this foundation is this relationship with God. That's essential. You know, the only one, he is the only one that can forgive us our sins. The only way we can have sins forgiven and not charged against us is through the relationship with him. In Acts uh, chapter 10, it says, All of the prophets testify about him that through his name, through his name, everyone who believes in him will receive what? Forgiveness of sins. We receive forgiveness of sins. Why? Because of him and what he's done. Not because of us. Acts chapter 4 says, this, is, this Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. The cornerstone is what everything was not only set on, it was measured off of in their, you know, in their building time and in their building trades. It really isn't so much for us anymore. A cornerstone now is really kind of in there as kind of a oh, nice little picture, you know, or, or you just put something in the cornerstone and when they knock the building down in, in 20 or 200 years, you know, they'll look in there. Um, that's what a cornerstone is for us for them the cornerstone was the first one placed and as that was placed that's where they measured then how how long and how wide and how high how deep this building was going to be it was all measured off of that cornerstone so he says here this jesus the stone rejected by you builders and you're going to run into people who reject him and and he is not the cornerstone of their life but, you know, he's, he's, he has become that cornerstone. He says, there is salvation in no one else. There is no other place to find it. You know, for there is no other name under heaven given by people. And we must be saved by it. You must be saved by what Jesus does. Well, aren't they all, aren't, you know, aren't all religions the same? No. No, they're not. Don't they all worship the same God? No, they don't. There is only one there is only one God, you know, and only one way to be saved, and it's, through, it is, and it's Jesus. First Corinthians chapter 8, it says, For even if there are many so-called gods, small g, notice, those things that which, which people put up, not only those things which people put up, but these other false gods that people believe in, and there's many of those, indeed, there's many of those that go on. He says, but there is only one God, the Father, you know, from whom all things are all things, and we exist for him and one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom all things and we exist through him. We are connected to the one who is the author of life, who is the, the creator of life. 
And that's the one there, you know, and it's through Christ and his sacrifice, you know, for our sin that we receive forgiveness. <coughs> now, in, in Psalm 32, where we look, where we're looking at, you know, he says, you know, how joyful is the one whose transgressions are forgiven. Notice it says there, you know, it says that in one whose spirit is no deceit, you know, in whose spirit is no deceit. The word translated deceit here in the Holman Christian Standard, it means laxness, slackness, slacking, deceit, treachery. That's that's what the word means. It's most often most often in the Bible, the the word, the the the. Um, Hebrew word is translated as deceit, deceitful, deceitfully. Um, so one who is joyful then, one who is joyful, one who is happy, is one with a sincere commitment to Christ. They have a sincere commitment to Christ Jesus, not claiming a relationship with him and then ignoring that relationship in their living. It's having that relationship and living from that relationship. You know, and there, you know, the... Most of you here know this, you know, most of you here know this, but this is really where we needed to start, you know, and it's the beginning, the foundation of being a happy person is that relationship with God. The second passage I want us to look at is the one which I started with and became the sermon uh, from Psalm chapter one. How happy is the man? And some of the some of the translations say blessed is the man. You know, blessed is the, is, is the man who does happy, the one who does not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path of, path of the sinners or join in a group of mockers. Now, right up front, the very first verse in the book of Psalms here gives us important direction on that foundation for happy living. Notice what it says. You know, it, 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 some see in here a, a downward, a downward progression in increasing comfortableness with those who don't have a relationship with God. Notice here he's talking about, you know, the wicked, the sinners, the mockers. And what he's saying, you know, you know, though, how happy is a man who does not follow, who does not know, does not follow the advice of the wicked, does not take the path of sinners, does not join a group of mockers. Uh, some of the translations, uh, King James translation talks about those who walk, you know, walk with the wicked, uh, stand with the sinners, sit with the mockers. You know, that that whole thing, that increasing degree of comfortableness. Of being with them, and he's saying, you know, you're going to happy as the person who doesn't have an increasing comfortableness with those who reject God. Now, the problem we have is that we find ourselves following their advice, taking their path, or joining their group. And when we find that, that's that's when we run into trouble. Now, as I was studying this verse, you know, I thought, you know, sometimes we look at this too narrowly. We look at this in a narrow way. We think, you know, wicked sinners, mockers, nope, not a problem. You know, I, 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 you know, I avoid them. And, and, you know, and you should avoid them. You should, <clears throat> excuse me, you should avoid them having an influence on you. You should avoid them being the ones that direct you. You know, and, you know, it's, it's a good understanding of these verses. And I think it's one we need to pay attention to, but don't stop there. Consider this, and as I was looking and studying this, this is what I was thinking. You know, who or what has the, has the most input into your thinking? Who or what has the most input into your opinions? Who or what has the most input into your mood? Now think about this. Is it the news that you hear? 
no matter which news station you listen to, part of the reason I got into this because I was I was thinking to myself again that I'm, I've been I, I I could be a news junkie, and I have to be careful. I have to be careful of that. What is it, you know, who is it that, that is having the most input into your thinking? You know, is it, is it the news you hear? Is it the programs or the podcasts, you know, that you listen to? Is it the articles and the books that you read? Here's the answer to that. Yes. Yes, those do have an influence. And, and you need to realize it. Be brutally honest and take a brutally honest look at who or what is forming your, your thinking, your opinions, and your mood. It's not just one. You know, you can say, well, my, my thinking's fine. How's your mood? You know, how are your opinions? What is going into forming those? Who's... Whose advice are you following or whose advice are you fighting, you see? Because you can say sometimes, well, you know, the, the news does it, you know, I, I don't, I don't take, I, I don't pay attention to what they say. Well, so, but that wasn't my question. My question is, who's having the input into your actions? And sometimes that input into your actions is you fighting against some of these things. And, you know, it's where it's, it's becoming all concerned. What path is your thinking taking? You know, is, is it, is, is, are, you, are you following along, you know, with God there? What groups have you joined? Now, maybe not officially. You know, may, maybe not officially signed on to them. But what groups have you joined in your stands and in your conduct? I think we need to think about these. You know, you're living your arguments, the things that excite you, the things that, you know, they, they get you going. That, that will tell you who has the most influence into your life. That will tell you who has the most influence into your thinking, into your opinions, and into your mood. Is what is it that's getting you excited about this? And it could be excited in a good way or excited in, I want to choke somebody, you know. It could be going either way there. We need to ask ourselves, what's having the most input into our thinking, into our opinions, into our mood? Two passages on this next thing, just for our consideration. Psalm 40, verse 4. How happy is the man who has put his trust in the Lord and has not turned to the proud or to those who run after lies. And then happy is the person who trusts in the Lord who trusts in you, Lord of hosts. What I want you to notice here is where your trust needs to be. In the Lord. These verses are pretty clear with that. That trust in the Lord. Let me get right to the point here. Trust in the Lord, not people. And when I say not people, I mean, you know, not politicians, not other leaders, not in the courts. Yes, God uses people. But trust in God, trust in the Lord, not in these people. Stop overlooking the Lord. You know, stop over, overlooking Him. People will disappoint you. God will not. People will grow tired and weary. God will not. People will miscalculate and will misjudge. God will not do that. People will guess. 
God knows. People will tell you what you want to hear. God will tell you what you need to hear. And there is a huge difference between those things. Stop overlooking God. It is not, you know, you may be thrilled, you know, or you may be devastated by how, you know, by who our next president is going to be. God is still God. He is still Lord. You may be thrilled or devastated by who your boss is at work. God is still God. You may be really excited, you know, about about who it is that's, I don't know, running your your favorite restaurant even or show or anything the things we get worked up about sometimes is as if God doesn't exist what we need to look at you know and remember is to put our trust in the Lord not in people three more verses that go together we're running out of time here Psalm 1 again, verse 2. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. Now, did you notice that? His delight. What, what is it that brings delight to you? Delight is what? In the Lord's instruction. And he meditates. He, what? he thinks about this. This is what he's thinking about. What he's thinking about day and night. What he's thinking about day and night is what? The Lord's instruction. This is what he's thinking about. Psalm 94. Lord, happy is the man you discipline and teach from your law. From where? From your law. You see, he's talking about the Lord's instruction in, the, in Psalm 1 and in Psalm 92 about your law. You know, the, you know the discipline and none of us like, you know, discipline and teach. Really, those go together. We always think of discipline as correction. Discipline is the guiding, is the direction. That discipline and teach, you know, go together. But where? From your law. Psalm 112. Hallelujah. Happy is the man who fears the Lord and takes great delight in what? His commands. In his commands. There it is again. Great delight. And I was thinking, great, do I take great delight in God's commands? You know, is, is, is it great delight? You know, uh, Psalm 119, the first two verses of Psalm 119. Happy are those whose way is blameless, who live according to, uh, to the Lord's instruction. Who live, who puts, a, who are directed by the Lord's instructions. Happy are those who keep his de- who keep his decrees, not who know them, but who keep them and who do what? Seek him, seek him with, with all their hearts. See, what are you seeking? One of the things, you know, on the, on the prayer sheet, I'm asking you to turn in, you know, is a, what, what can I pray for you for this next year? Part of that is that's part of what you're seeking for the, for the new year. You know, and here he says, you know, to seek, you know, seek his decree. So work at building and strengthening your relationship with God. You want you want a good foundation, a solid foundation. You want to be known. You want to be able to operate from something that that is, you know, where you're going to be able to be to be happy, to be joyful, to be blessed. Then work at building and strengthening your relationship with God. This takes intentional effort. 
This isn't something you fall into or trip into. This isn't something that comes naturally for us. It takes intentional effort on our part. Not simply, you know, five or ten or fifteen minutes a day so that you can say, well, I've had my devotions. I've read the Bible. You have to take time to do this. You cannot make time to do this. You know, we say, well, we have to make time. You cannot make time. Your day is already full. And I don't want to burst your little bubble here. Well, maybe I do. You don't have the ability to make time. You cannot add one minute to your day. Hmm, gee, seems Jesus said something like that, didn't he? You, 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 can't add, you can't even add one minute to your day. You cannot make time. You have to deliberately, intentionally take time to read his word. Take time to, you know, to pray, maybe to sing, to think through what you read, you know, to walk through your day with the Lord. If I told you before, I'm, you know, I need to do this in the morning. I need to get it started in the morning. Otherwise, I'm, I am too easily distracted. So I need, it's something I need to do in the morning and I do it in the morning. And, and one of the things I've really tried to work in there is, is going through my day with the Lord. Okay, Lord, you know, in my mind, here's. Here's the, the things that I'm, I'm hoping, planning, and working on today, you know, and going over that with them. If you're someone who, who, you know, that doesn't work for you, you do it at the end of the day. So at the end of the day, you can still do that. Stop, think through your day. Okay, Lord, this is what I did today. How, is, how did I include you in this? How can I? You see, and when you stop to, be, to begin to think, think through those things, you're, you're going to more and more, you're going to be building and strengthening your relationship with God. And then as you learn God's word, live God's word. As you learn it, live it. God is interested in living life with you, not in simply having you pile up more knowledge. He is not really interested in you piling up more knowledge. He is interested in living life with you. What you learn is for your living, to guide you, to help you, not to control you, not to discourage you. Sometimes we think, you know, God's a big killjoy. That, no, you've got the wrong impression of God. You've got the wrong picture of God, if that's what you're thinking. You know, it's, it's this whole thing of living and living life with him. Get in, get into God's word and then get God's word into you. Get into his word and get his word into you. Build, strengthen, live more of your relationship with God in all you do. I, I've told you this before, and, you know, it's because uh, I can't think of a way to make it any clearer for you. You know, uh, being married to Ginny affects everything I do. It affects everything I do. Being married to her affects everything I do. You know, as, as I go through life and I go through my day, it's all done and it's done in light of my relationship with Ginny. You know, in, in the same way, my relationship with God is to affect everything I do throughout each day. I live each day in light of my relationship with God. In fact, my relationship with Ginny is lived in light of my relationship with God. You see. This is this is what he what he calls us to do. You know, my relationship with her flows from my relationship with God. Everything we do is to flow from our relationship with God. Do nothing. Do nothing to weaken your relationship with God. Do nothing at all to weaken that relationship. Nothing to weaken living each day in your relationship with him. You know, intentionally work on building your relationship with God. You see this stuff spread out here. 
I have, you know, I have these. So I, I, I went through my, my uh, shelf, and, and Pastor Kent went through his, too. And did I, when you guys got married, did I give you the couple's devotionals? Apparently not. Well, I meant to here. See, so you, you use these. So you got one, like it or not. And I want a book report. And, no, but look, up here, there's, there's different devotionals. Some, are, some of these, when I say devotionals, okay, some of them, you know, like this is, some of them are classic ones. Uh, you know, streams in the desert. Some of you, some of you have, have heard of that. Um, Dwell deep. This is by Ramsire. He was, he's a big missionary church dude uh, on there. This is one I did with, with uh, the men uh, one year. Uh, God's man, a daily devotional guide. This this one has you know different different things for each day. Um, this one, I, I, I like this one too. Uh, discovering Jesus in the Old Testament. Um, every day, you know, every day uh, a different devotional on there. Um, so okay, some of these I used, and some of them I, I wrote in a little bit, and some of them I didn't. But um, there's other ones. There's ones up here for. For couples, you know, and I've tried to give those to every married couple, and I apologize. Except you got them now, so anyway. uh, And there's other ones that are Bible studies. So, Paul, make sure he pays attention now. I want you to come up and take one. How many, David? There you go. Thanks, David. Okay. and what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do is, you know, uh, take whatever you think is going to help you. So some of these are Bible studies. One of the things I'm doing this year, don't ask me why we didn't do this before. Uh, Jenny and I, I and, and, and Kent, he's dragged along with us. Um, we're doing the same devotional this year. It's a daily devotional that I found. And so, you know, Jenny and I are doing that daily devotional. And uh, we read at different times, but we can talk. You see, we can still talk. About it, and but and al- along with that, I'm also doing uh, a little bit of a Bible study. The Bible study I'm doing with the guys on Tuesday morning. We're going through First Timothy right now, and I'm doing a little bit of that along with it. So some of these are Bible study books also on there. Yeah. Take whatever will help you, and uh, whatever will help you. And again, I, I, I'm gonna. My plan is that the others will be out there in the lobby. So when you get done with one, you want another one thumb through them and take them you know pastor kent and i'll probably shove other ones in there um devotional something to help you and guide you to get you into scripture i am more interested that you pay attention to the scriptures in these than in what the people say about them okay let the scripture change your life so anyway, you know, those will be up here, you know, and like I said, we'll put some in the lobby. Well, whatever, whatever's not taken, we'll make available in the lobby, and they'll be out there uh, throughout the year. Whatever will help you. You've got to, you've got to get, it, get God, you've got to get into God's Word and get God's Word into you. You've got to do that. You've got to do that. Otherwise, your foundation, your foundation from living is coming from somewhere. I mean, it's coming from the input, from somewhere. Let it be God's word. Psalm 84. How happy are those who reside in your house, who praise you continually. Happy are the people whose strength is in you, whose heart are set 
on pilgrimage. Here's the picture with all of these, you know, on that pilgrimage who reside in your house. It's that coming together, that getting together. And here's the thing for us. You know, you want to live as a happy person, regularly get together with others who are following God. Regularly get together with others who are following God. You know, do that. You can't just watch online. I know some of our folks are watching online now. Uh, you know, and uh, you, you can't just you can't just only do that. You've got to get together with us. Several times in the New Testament, the uh, the church is talked about as the body, meaning the different parts working together, each contributing to the well the well being and the well wellness of the body. You know, and all those all those with a relationship with Christ have been given gifts by God to minister in to to serve God in and through the church. You know, to minister to one another, and we are complete together, not apart. You know, you're not complete apart, and you need to do that. He calls us to appreciate, to build up, to care for, to encourage one another. Um, this can't happen unless you're together, unless you're together as a gathered body and in your homes. You don't get to know each other real well just being here. But, you know, in your homes even. You know, and connecting outside of these four walls. We need that. We need, God has given us each other, you know, for a reason. For, it's, a, it's a gift. Sometimes it's hard. And some people, you know, some people may not be our type of people. But we need one another. And we need to keep meeting together as a body and even in homes. We need that. Uh, Psalm 41. Happy, and, and Psalm 106, happy is the one who cares for the poor. The Lord will save him in a day of adversity. And 106, how happy are those who uphold justice, who practice righteousness at all times. You want to build your foundation as a happy person? Consider others and help others. I have been working harder lately to understand those people I disagree with. I, because I, you know, how, why are they thinking the way they're thinking? What's what's happened? What's going on? And this ranges from a whole raft of things, you know, from some of the stuff you see on the news to. Uh, you know, Pastor Kent and I are in a couple of uh, different pastor groups, and some of the discussion that goes on between you know pastors and about some of its theological things and some of its um, practical application of what we see of theology. And I think how how is it you look this way? And you know, and some of it's quite discouraging. And I, but I've started to ask myself, why is it that they're thinking like this? You have to consider others. But don't just stop at considering others and help others. Now, when I, was, I would say specifically those who won't make it alone. When I was talking to my I told you I talked to one of my sisters uh, over the weekend. And one of the things we talked about was what I, what I had mentioned. I loved my childhood. You know, I did. Now, she's older. Well, they're all older than me. I'm the youngest. Uh, you know, and uh, so uh, while I was talking with her about things, I, we were talking about, you know, 
different things. And Christmas is one of the things we talked about. And I said, you know, I told her, I said, and I realize now that, you know, we, we, you know, we didn't have a lot. um, But I didn't realize it then. But one of the things I told her, I said, I love it was it was so exciting to me when um, myself and my my one sister who's just older than me. Uh, she's about 20 months older than me, Mary. And I remember how excited we got when people used to bring food baskets to our house. You know, they don't do that so much anymore like they used to. But, um, you know, the, the, um, they called it the key club at, my, at the high school we went to. Now, we weren't in high school then. I was just a kid. Um, you know, but the key club used to collect food there, and then they'd bring and deliver baskets, food baskets, to people's homes at Christmas and at Thanksgiving and uh, the Rotary Club used to do that and stuff. Well, we would get these food baskets. We thought it was so cool. I mean, my sister and I, uh, uh, you know, Mary and I, it was. So, it was. It was just a lot of fun. Whoa! Look at, first of all, look at all this food. Uh, you know, but uh, whatever stuff was in there. And I said to my sister I was talking to, I said, uh, you know, it wasn't until I got to high school that I realized you were in high school where they were collecting this stuff. To bring to our house. You know, and she said, yeah. Yeah. She said it was, it was a little tough. It never crossed my mind when I was a kid. You know, never crossed my mind. Consider others and, and do what you can to help others. You can't help everyone, but you should be helping some. You know, you, sh- you should be helping some. You know, you can give money, even time to serve in places like, you know, well, we, we gave money for the rescue mission in Hope Center, and that's good. You know, the mustard seed, feed the children, Habitat for Humanity. Peter and I have gone out, and some of you others, too, have gone over to help at Habitat. It's a black. I told Ginny, I said, man, I could do this. <laughs> so when I retire, I could do this, come and help these people build houses. I love it. You know, it's just a blast. And you know, But, we, you know, you can do those things. Those are good, and you should help them. But don't ignore your neighbor who is struggling. Don't ignore your neighbor who is struggling. You know, the the single mother. We know people who need the help. You know, the old guy in your neighborhood who can't, just physically can't seem to keep his, you know, his grass motor, his sidewalk shoveled. You know, or the, 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 the man you know who's just not real handy around the house. Some people aren't. You know, we think we begin to think that other people are like us. Well, I can do that. Of course, you can do that. You know, I I, I have friends. <laughs> they didn't know how to change a wiper blade. They didn't know how to change a light bulb in their car. And I thought they were joking at first. And they're taking they're taking this they're taking their car to the car dealer to get the headlight changed. I said, whoa, 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 you know, 
let me show you how to do this, you know, or let me, let me do this for you. Some of it's, you know, some of it's small stuff, some of it's bigger stuff. Now, it's easier to help your friends and easier to help those, you know, that you enjoy because, you know what, they'll probably help you back in some way, somehow, you know, it is. Help those who aren't able to help you in return. You know, help those who aren't able to help you in return, who can't. Philippians chapter 2 says, do nothing out of rivalry or conceit. Uh, you know, selfish ambition is how some... Do nothing out of that, but in humility consider, consider others more important than yourself. It's not always easy. It's not always fun, but it is so important. It is so important. Consider others and actually help others. You know, sometimes just stopping and listening to somebody. You know, and one of these pastors, you know, this really irritates me. You know, some of his thinking, and it's like, dude, what Bible are you reading? But then I got, you know, and I was thinking last night and this morning, a sincere question I have for him is, can you tell me, can you tell me why you think that? Because I, I need to understand why you think that. You know, consider others. Consider them. Help them. You know, help them as you can. Well, a few thoughts for you. Uh, I told Ginny, I said, this is kind of like four or five devotionals stuck together. and not my favorite way to preach. But, um, you know, as you go into the new year, you, you, you can be a happy you. You know, it can be a happy new you this year. Yeah, as, as you look at it, you know, remember your relationship with God. Remember your relationship with God. My goodness. And as I'm screaming out the window at these idiot drivers, remember your relationship with God. You know, it needs to it needs to be there, you know, and, and re- begin to work from it. Watch, watch, carefully watch. And I would even say for some of you prune what and who has input into your life. Put your trust in God and in Him first. Intentionally work at building and strengthening your relationship with Him. Regularly meet together, you know, with others who are following God. Like I said, you know, this morning when I came, I, you know, I had a good week and stuff. Well, when I was sitting here singing, and I thought, man, I really needed you people today. You know, I did. It's, I wasn't down or anything. I was kind of in a good mood even. I just needed. I just. I just didn't even realize until I got here how much I really needed you people today. You know, and then consider others and actually help others. Now, you know, as you think about these elements that go into building a happy person, just consider these two verses. This is this is the end. Just consider these, you know, these two verses from Psalm 128. How happy is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways, who walks in His ways, who lives in His ways, who follows what He does. Who, who is impacted by the reality of who God is, who walks in his ways, you will surely eat what your hands have worked for. You will be happy, and it will go well for you. It will go well for you what? When you walk in his ways. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and your truth. Thank you for your patience with us. Thank you for the gift of life and the reality of what it means to have a relationship with you. Uh, We are not doomed to what we were by any stretch of the imagination because you are a God who transforms. You are a God who, who raises up, who lifts, who changes, who makes new, who makes new. Wow. 
We need that. I thank you again for all of these folks here. Just the, the impact they have had and continue to have in my life and how I have seen Christ in them over and over again. May it be true of us even more this new year. May we be transformed by the grace and the reality of a relationship with you, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.